Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Today, we're actually starting a brand new series, and we're answering four whys. Somebody say four whys. Four whys. We're answering four questions, and I think they're important questions, questions that should be answered. I think we have to be careful, because if not, I think churches, what we do is that we're answering questions that nobody is asking, right? And so we want to answer some questions that we believe the world is asking. Today, we're going to start with the first question, why Jesus. Somebody say, why Jesus? Why this celebration? Why do uh, two billion people around the world worship Jesus? How come Jesus has been so dominant throughout history? Who was this man named Jesus? We're going to look at that today for a few moments, and then we're going to worship all together at the end. Amen? Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about why pain. A lot of people say, why is there so much pain in the world? I think that's an important question, a right question. I've asked that before. And then we're also going to answer another question throughout the series. Why the Bible? You ever heard somebody tell you, like, oh, the Bible was written by man? You ever heard that? Yep. Two people? I've, I've had, come on, I've, people have told me, like, you read that? That was written by some men thousands of years ago. True. But let's look deeper into it. It was also, I believe, uh, penned by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look into that and why we believe the Bible is true. Go to the book of John, chapter 20. Today, why Jesus? Why Jesus? John chapter 20, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. It's a good service. Feels good in here. Can't wait to worship again. Come on, we had some people that sang today. Can you imagine heaven? It's going to be absolutely amazing. John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. I love that John makes a note that it was still dark. Somebody say, still dark. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. By the way, the one that is talking about there is the one who's writing this. And he just wants to make sure you know Jesus loved him. Mary said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Kind of a weird verse in scripture. John just wants to let us know, I'm faster than Peter. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, by the way, also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. Come on, let's say that together. He saw and believed. Today, as we start this four-week series answering four questions, we're answering the first one. Why Jesus? Why believe? Today, I want to talk to you from this title, Light 
in the grave. Light in the grave. We're going to pray. We'll talk about Jesus a little bit, why we believe in Jesus, why we're celebrating today, and then we'll worship and go have amazing chocolate bunnies and um, a good brunch, right? By the way, it's great to see you guys here. You guys are awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for all that you've done, all you're doing, all that you will do. Thank you for Resurrection Sunday, God. Thank you that we can celebrate today, come together. God, you are good. You are awesome. We worship you and we thank you. It is in Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Friday night, Good Friday, we were in here talking about Jesus and the sacrifice that he did on the cross. We talked about how he shed his blood for humanity. In fact, Friday, we talked about life in the blood. Somebody say life in the blood. There was life in the blood and that life that he was giving took his life and at the same time was giving us life. The Bible says that as Jesus was on the cross, darkness came over the whole land. If we read scripture, it says that darkness took over the entire land. Have you ever been in a place of darkness? Have you ever been in complete darkness? I was talking and reading and researching about some of the darkest places on earth. And this uh, place came up called the Mariana Trench. Have you ever heard about the Mariana Trench? The Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean. It's right off the Philippine Islands. It's the deepest trench of the ocean that man has discovered so far. It is approximately almost 37,000 feet deep at its deepest point. Just to give you an idea, that's seven miles deep. That's a long way down. If you grabbed Mount Everest, they said, and put it underneath the water, it would be covered almost twice. Right? This is profound. This deep. They say that at a certain point, when you're going down into the Mariana Trench, there is a place where sunlight does not reach anymore. The rays of the sun can't even reach the ocean floor of the Mar- Mariana Trench. Right? Like this is a complete, deep, and profound place where, where no light can reach in. You ever been in a dark place like that? It's about like a dark place that no light can come in. A couple months ago, I think we told you already a million times, but we went to Colombia. My wife is Colombian, by the way. Any Colombians in the building or an additional seating or online? If you're Colombian, put a Colombian flag and keyboard. And, and uh, obviously love Colombia. We've been to Colombia a few times. We went to Colombia and, and I, I said, babe, let's go out to eat at this place. I love this place. We've been there before. It's a place that's up on the mountains. And from there, you can see the whole city of Medellin. It's absolutely gorgeous. In Spanish, it's called Un Mirador, right? It's a place where, how do you say that? A, sea? a place where to see. And um, you go up there on this mountain. And we've gone there before. And from up there, you can see the entire city just light up at night. It looks absolutely gorgeous. You see the city lights. All the lights shine absolutely gorgeous. Well, on this night, I said, baby, get ready. We're going out on a date. I'm going to take you to eat some tequeños, some arepa de choclo, and some agua panela. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> about five of us. It's amazing. <laughs> Cheap date, but I said, you know, it's still good. And uh, we, we went up there, and as we get up there, a thunderstorm broke out. I'm not just talking about like a little thunderstorm. I'm not talking about Miami thunderstorms that you get one at a red light and the next red light is like the sun's out. I'm talking about like a major thunderstorms. We were way up on the mountains so you can see the thunderstorm. Literally, I felt like we were above the thunderstorm. Not just the thunderstorm. It was a thunderstorm mixed with a lightning storm. There was lightning everywhere. Now, I've been to this place before. And from this place, you can see all of the lights. That night, you couldn't see 
not one light. Like I'm not even exaggerating. You couldn't see not one light that night. No light could get through. Have you ever been in a place where no light can get in and no light can get out? You ever been in a place of darkness, maybe in life, tragedy has happened, something completely wrong has happened in your life, perhaps you've gone through some moments in life where life has hit you with darkness and you feel like there's no way light can come into this and there's no way light can come out of this. No good can come in, no good can come out of this. Maybe, maybe today you're here or you're watching online, additional seating, and you're saying, Alex, I'm in that moment right now. I'm in that moment right now. You're, you're sitting in complete darkness after a marriage that has been completely torn apart. And you're saying, I'm sitting in darkness today. How can any good come out of this? And I believe no good can reach into this situation. Maybe today you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I'm sitting on the other side of an addiction that has completely ruined my life. It's drove me crazy. I can't seem to get free from it. And you're sitting in darkness saying, there's no way light can come in and light can come out. In darkness. Maybe it's a financial circumstance. Maybe it's an issue in families and relationships that has left you in complete darkness. Some of us have been there. Some of us have walked in these moments. Some of you are there today. You're sitting in darkness and you're saying, there's no way no light can come in and no light can come out. And the problem is that when it's dark in our mind, when it's dark in our soul, old scholars called it the dark night of the soul. When we are there, darkness steals our hope. When you are in that moment of darkness, where nothing good is happening and it feels like God himself can't reach you or nothing good can come out, it will rob you of all your hope. And all of a sudden you're walking around hopeless. The darkness of life will leave us hopeless of life. How is God good? How can anything good come out of this? But I want to remind somebody today, this is why we are celebrating today. This is why we're here. This is why we are throwing a massive party around the world. Because resurrection comes to tell us that darkness doesn't last forever. I'm telling you. If you walked in here today and you are sitting in darkness, let Easter Sunday be a reminder to your soul that darkness has an expiration date. Oh, you didn't hear me. Darkness is not going to hang around much longer because Jesus overcame the grave. Oh, sooner or later, come on, that darkness has to lift because there's a light that is greater than the darkness and that light is called Jesus. Come on, somebody. And that light is the brightest light and he will shine through. In fact, we start now this time of the year, spring, where now daytime is longer than nighttime and it's just a reminder to the kingdom of darkness, your time is limited because one day the greatest light will shine forever and ever and ever. His name is Jesus. What we're celebrating today is that darkness won't come and last forever. Jesus, when he was in the grave, dead, eyes closed, no blood flowing, all of a sudden his blood began to flow again. All of a sudden his cells began to move again. All of a sudden his lungs began to grab some air and breathe again. He opened his eyes. He said, roll back the stone because I'm coming out. And he told darkness, he told Satan, And all of the demons, 
get the hell out. That's what Easter is all about. That he steps into our life and he gets the hell out of misery. He gets the hell out of brokenness. He gets the hell out of addiction. He tells hell, get out of the way. There's light coming in. It's Resurrection Sunday. There is a light and all of darkness has to go in the name of Jesus. Give God a praise today. Come on. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about hell like the curse words. Some of you are like, oh. He literally told hell, get out. When Jesus comes into our life, all of the hell of brokenness, loneliness, discouragement, depression has to leave in the name of Jesus. He defeated darkness. And so when I'm walking in darkness, I remember he told darkness, get out. That's Resurrection Sunday. Look at the person next to you and tell them, get out. <laughs> and so if you're walking through a dark moment today I want to tell you that out of the darkest moments usually come the brightest lights so reminder for somebody today the darkness of life it's not going to last forever there's a bright day coming there's a bright day coming for all of us after a dark night comes a bright day I want to tell somebody today Weeping may endure for a night. Come on, but joy, joy comes in the morning. Oh, come on. Sickness may last for a season, but healing will come in the morning. If it's not on this side, it's on the other side. But healing is mine. Grace is mine. Hope is mine. Oh, mercy is mine. Salvation is mine. Deliverance is mine. Come on, anybody grateful that it won't last forever? There's a bright day coming because Jesus overcame the grave. Now, 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 listen. Why Jesus? Why are we celebrating Jesus? How do we know Jesus to be true? <laughs> like, like there's literally billions of people around the world today celebrating this thing. Well, let's answer our first question of this brand new series. Why Jesus? Now, we get most of our information about Jesus, all that we know about Jesus, most of that we get it from our four Gospels, right? The four Gospels and the New Testament writers who wrote the rest of the letters. The four main Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Come on, we love Matthew, Marky Mark, Uncle Luke, and little John. Come on, we love, we love, we love the four books of the Bible, right? Like, they, they're awesome. That's where we get most of our information about the life of Jesus. Now, now a lot of us, especially skeptics, like skeptics, we'll, we'll, we'll see that, we're like, ah, but that's Bible. Like, Christian people wrote that. Like, no, Jesus probably never even really lived. Well, we actually have two outside sources, people who were not believers, who were not Christians, that can confirm that Jesus was really a man who lived in history. The first one, write this down, is Flavius Josephus. Flavius Josephus, who wrote in 93 AD. He was a Jewish historian. By the way, if today you guys are expecting a baby, that's a beautiful name. Flavius. <laughs> <laughs> Flavius. Okay, one of the greatest Jewish historians who lived in the first century after Jesus. Most believe he was maybe even born right after Jesus died, and so he was probably a baby boy or a teenager when the early church began. He was a Jewish man, not a Christian. 
and he became one of the greatest historians of Jewish culture, times, history. He wrote this book. In this book, he put all of Jewish history of what was happening at the time. In the book, he writes about one day a man being executed. The man being executed in Jewish history was named James. And he writes, James, the brother of Jesus, the Christ, was executed today. That lets us know James was a real man. And that lets us know he had a real brother named Jesus. This is an outside source outside of the Bible that confirms Jesus was alive. There's this guy named James. He had a brother named Jesus. James was executed today. He has another part where he wrote Jewish history where he says there was this man that they used to name or call him Christ. He actually was put to death by a Roman governor named Pontius Pilate. That lets us know, number two, Jesus was a real man who was put to death by Pontius Pilate. Now, this is a Jewish historian. Now, now there's a second guy, a second guy. This is a Roman historian. His name is Tycetus. Tycetus, probably around 116 AD, is when he wrote a lot of information about Roman history, right? We've heard a lot about the Roman Empire. Come on, we, we got our streets, the way they are made by, because of Roman culture. This guy wrote all about Roman history. We find out about their streets, their governance, how they did uh, civilization, Little Caesars, Pizza, all that, right? Like, Tycetus told us all that. Tycetus, he actually wrote in Roman history. There's a Roman man. In fact, he was a Roman senator. Most believe he was the greatest Roman historian of all time. He was profound in his knowledge of Roman history. He says, there was once a man named the Christ who had followers. He was put to death by a Roman governor named Pontius Pilate. And after that, a group of people who became known as Christians began to proclaim him. This is powerful stuff. We're not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're talking about a Jewish man who comes from Judaism saying there was this man named Christ. And then we're talking about a Roman man who his people put to death this Christ, talking about there was a man named Christ. That lets me know Jesus is not a myth. Jesus is not a legend. Jesus is not just make-believe. This is not Greek mythology. This is not just a story. This is a real man who lived 2,000 years ago named Jesus. Now, now, there's also a couple more resources. Go and do the homework. It's amazing. It will blow your mind. But the four gospels are the main ones. Look what one commentator says about the four gospels. He says this, no other work of antiquity or of ancient time has more evidence to its historical authenticity than the New Testament. It's powerful. Another commentator said this, the New Testament has more writers, better writers, earlier writers than any other existing document from that era. In other words, you can believe what you're reading. We'll get into that in week three of this series. The four gospels, they let us know about this man named Jesus and things that he said. Now, now let's look at what Jesus claimed. Let's look at what Jesus claimed. Okay, there was a man named Jesus. He really lived 2,000 years ago, but what he said was crazy. What he said was profound. Alex, how do we know Jesus is the real one? Why Jesus? Well, look at what he proclaimed. Look at what he did. You have Muhammad. Muhammad said, Muhammad said that he was a prophet. Muhammad said he was a prophet. Then you have Buddha. Buddha said he was a seeker of truth. That's what Buddha said. Then you have Confucius. Anybody heard of Confucius? Somebody like, I don't know, but I'm Confucius right now. <laughs> Confucius said he was a wisdom teacher. They all claimed different things, good things. Some of them good teachers, great. 
But Jesus came on the scene and he said, I am the son of God. It's a much different claim than a prophet, a wise seeker, or a teacher of truth. He said, I am the light of the world, and anyone walking in darkness now has the light. He said, I am the great shepherd. He said, I am the door. Oh, come on. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Come on. Anybody grateful that Jesus just didn't come to be a good teacher? He just didn't come to be a prophet. He didn't just come to share some truth. Oh, he is truth. He is light. He is all that humanity needs. We find it in Jesus. His claims were outrageous. And so we find all throughout the New Testament, this man, he spoke much different than other religious leaders. He said he was God himself. Okay, if you're God yourself, prove it. (laughs) He said, I will. They're going to destroy the temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Come on, somebody. It's powerful. You got to know what you believe. Otherwise, we're just singing in here to something that we think is real because our grandma told us. Now, I'm singing because I know that there's a Jesus who lived. I know there's a Jesus that went down into the grave. And I know that that Jesus is alive today. That's why I sing. That's why I shout. That's why I praise. When you're going through trouble, you can't hold on to something you think will save you. Hope this thing saves me. I'm like, you better hold on to something you know. This thing got me. If this thing overcame death, oh, this thing got me. His name is Jesus. Anybody with me? And so his claims were outrageous. And the Bible says he lived for 33 years and a half, and then they put him to a cross. We have two outside resources that confirm it. Pontius Pilate put him to death. By the way, they didn't murder him. He laid his life down. He said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down. Because he loved us so much. Jesus was nailed to a cross. A brutal, gruesome death. We talked about it on Friday in detail. Where his lungs collapsed. Where his veins snapped. It was absolutely gruesome and terrible. Covered in blood. You could not recognize him. And as he was there on the cross, they lifted him up. The light of the world. Lifted up. As the life began to leave him. He died on that cross. And they put him in a grave. Detailed, we have it from the Gospels, all that happened to Jesus. Jesus goes into a grave. Imagine his followers, his friends at that time. Like, you've been saying, this is the light of the world. Hey, guys, this is it. We, we have the answer, the solution for humanity. Jesus, like, he's finally here. Now he dies on a tree, and they put him in a grave. Imagine how you feel. They're desperate. They're discouraged. They're depressed. They're saying. I thought he was the the coming ruler, the coming king to set everything right. Now he's dead. He's dead in a grave. By the way, the grave is the darkest place humanity can reach. Like you talk about the Mariana Trench where no sunlight can get in there. The grave, no sunlight can get in there. For humanity is the final place where we all go. No light can go in and certainly no light is coming out. It was dark. I, I love John because John... He's just such a great writer, such a good writer that he has to let us know he's a fast runner. But John begins the beginning of his book by saying, in the beginning was the word of God and the word was with God and the word was God, right? He starts it off. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And you read verses one through five. When John opens up his, his book, he says, and he was the life of men and the light of men. And the darkness has not overcome the light. 
He says it at the beginning of the Bible, at the beginning of his book, John. Now, now you go to chapter 20, and the Bible says that the light of the world now is in a grave. But John is writing in detail because you got to pick up the details of what John's trying to tell us. John says in chapter 20, while it was still dark, somebody say still dark. In other words, the light was extinguished. The light of the world was sealed in a place where no light can reach and no light can come out. The light was hidden. It was done. It looks like death had overcome Jesus, the light of the world. But while it was still dark, Mary goes to the grave. This is profound to me. Because some of us, when we're in darkness, the last place we go to is to look for Jesus. Some of us are in darkness and we sit in darkness. We sit in our dysfunction. We sit with our problems. We sit with our addictions. We sit with all of our bad habits. We sit with our broken marriage. We sit with our sickness. We sit in all that darkness. And the last thing that we do is go look for Jesus. But if we can learn something from Mary today is even if you're in darkness, even if you're bound, even if you're locked up and chained up in a broken place, even if you're in a dark place get your butt to Jesus because there's light coming out get your butt to Jesus because he can do a miracle even when no light seems to be getting in oh even when it was still dark with her brokenness and her confusion and her depression because Jesus had been defeated she still goes out to the grave what's running through her mind he said something about three days later he was going to rise up how is he still in the grave I'm going to go to the grave even if he's dead, I'll anoint his body. I'll do something. But I got to get, get in God's presence however you can. Do whatever you can. Whatever's holding you back, let it go. Run to Jesus, even if you're in darkness. Today you're sitting in here. You're in darkness. You're in the right place at the right time. Run to him. When she gets there, she realizes somebody had rolled the stone away. Like, just imagine. Who, who did that? What, what, I can't believe it. In fact, some skeptics will say that they stole the body of Jesus. What I love is because that John is detailed. He goes running to Peter and John. She goes running to Peter and John. She's like, hey, somebody stole the body. The, the, the stone was rolled away. Come with me. She didn't go inside. They come running. Peter gets there first, John tells us. I mean, John gets there first. But John doesn't go in. John stays outside. He's like, oh, my God, maybe they did steal the body. The Bible says Peter comes running, and Peter goes running right in. <laughs> Peter's like, let me go. I got to get in there. Because when you've been forgiven of much, the last time he saw Jesus, he had denied Jesus. Now he's saying, if this man is alive, I'm forgiven. He loves me. He's for me. Defeat is not my final place because Jesus is alive. My God. They look inside and... It looks like somebody had done the laundry in there. Like everything's folded in plate. Nobody stole his body. Jesus got up and he's like. Yep. <laughs> Where's death now? Where's death now? Oh, come on. He's the life of the world. Come on. He's the life of men. And he defeated death. He defeated the grave, the darkest place of humanity. The final resting place, as we call it, where no light can get into the grave. And certainly no light, and light is coming out. Now the stone has been rolled away, and light is going in there. Why are we celebrating today? Because the grave is not the final resting place. 
It would be the final resting place if it remained the dark place. But because of Jesus, there's light in the grave. There's light in the grave. That's good news for me and that's good news for you. Because the day you get to a grave, that's not going to be your final resting place. Because a light will shine in there. How? If it's sealed up. I've seen it. I've been to some places where they you know, put the body in the casket and drop it down. What do you mean like it's in there? Resurrection power comes to let us know that's not our final resting place. Somebody say light in the grave. We'll finish with this. I got a few minutes left, but the resurrection of Jesus comes to show us so much. Literally, we could talk about it all day long. It's beautiful. It literally changed the world. Why are we all celebrating and honoring Jesus today? Imagine the moment that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Imagine the armies of heaven all worshiping him. Must have been glorious. Jesus resurrecting from the dead comes to do three things in our life today that I want to share. And again, you can write down a million things that you can take away from it. But number one, I think it brings clarity to our world. Clarity to our world. Somebody say clarity. Clarity. The other day I I got to my house. It was probably about 10 something, almost 11 o'clock at night. I was um, by myself. Diana had stayed here working on some stuff and my phone had just died. Um, The light outside of my house, right by the door, was also out was not turning on for one reason or another. Now, darkness by itself at that time of night, I'm like, oh, great. I, I got to look for the key. I couldn't even see the key. Like, it was complete darkness. But on top of that, in my neighborhood, I have frogs that come out at night. Anybody hate frogs? I despise frogs. I hate them. I hate them. If anybody like frogs, there's a couple people I like. Somebody told me yesterday or the day before, there are people who lick frogs. If that's you, um... Yeah, I don't even know what to tell you, but we'll, we'll pray. We'll pray. But I despise frogs. So, so can you imagine? I'm at the door trying to find the key, and I'm scrambling because I got a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit scared. Uh, because I don't like frogs. So the thing that's going through my mind is a frog's going to jump on me right now. You ever feel like something is happening, but it's not really happening? You're like, is that a frog? Oh, my God, I got a frog on my neck. I got a frog on my neck. You ever feel like, that was me. That was me. I'm like, oh, my God. I couldn't find the key, and I'm trying to open the door. And I'm like, if I just had some light, I would have clarity to which key it is and where the key goes. Humanity is walking in darkness, the Bible says. And we're trying to find some clarity for our sin issues and our problems that are in the human heart. Jesus resurrecting from the dead comes to give life and light to our world. There is no more darkness. There is now direction. There is now guidance. There is now a way that we can walk in because Jesus has defeated death. He brings clarity now to life. I am the resurrection and the life. I can show you how to live. I can show you how to walk. In the book of Luke chapter 1, when Jesus is born, an old man prophet who had waited for Jesus to be born sees Jesus born and As he holds baby Jesus, he lets out a praise, a hymn. And part of the hymn, he says this in verse 78 and 79. He says, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Oh, come on. He he can guide you today into a path of peace. He's alive. Today, are you broken? Are you in a dark place? Are you in a place where you think no light can get in? And certainly no good and no light can come out of this situation? There's light in the grave. That means you can have peace in your life. 
he'll guide your feet. Today, maybe you're sitting in the, in the darkness, the aftermath of something terrible that has happened in your family, in your marriage, in your life, in your soul. Let the light of Jesus shine. If it shined in the darkest place, it can shine in the darkest area of your heart. No dysfunction is big enough to keep the light of Jesus out. Resurrection shows us clarity to our world. Number two, it brings confidence to our faith. Somebody say confidence. Like we're not just in here celebrating a teacher that was good and moral and gave us good principles and then went down to a grave. Otherwise, if Jesus didn't resurrect, we'll be wasting our time. Are you hearing me? If Jesus did not resurrect, we would all be wasting our time here together. You wouldn't have faith. And if you had faith, Paul says it would be in vain if Jesus did not resurrect. Look what he says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. We're wasting our time because Jesus made all these claims. But if he died and went into the grave and stayed in the grave, oh, then our faith is in vain. Then he wasn't the son of God. Then everything that he said was not true and we're wasting our time. But because the grave is empty, you can have confidence in what you believe. Listen. This changes everything because I'm worshiping a God who overcame the grave. This is huge. It's massive. I remember when I was younger, maybe I was about 10, 11, 12 years old. I remember um, my dad who's here in the front row, absolutely a hero. He's the best. Um, my dad makes signs for a living, like electronic signs, all kinds of signs. And, and, and he made a sign with the company that he was with for the Super Bowl. Like imagine me being a 10 years old and my dad made a sign for the Super Bowl. I was ecstatic. Like I'm like, my dad's working for the NFL. <laughs> right? And then you have neighborhood kids who are like, no, like, I don't believe you. That's not true. Your dad don't play football. I never said he was a football player. <laughs> He's making signs for the Super Bowl. I remember telling some friends of ours around the neighborhood, and, and I remember my dad, after the Super Bowl, they let him keep one of the signs. I mean, it's a massive sign. It's a big sign. They let him keep. It was a big NFL logo, the league logo. It was beautiful that he had made, and for years, it hung up on our backyard. Remember, it was up out in the shed, and I remember our friends came over the house, and they're like, Wait, you, there's an NFL, there's an LF, NFL sign in your backyard. Like, are you real? And I turned around and said, I told you so. <laughs> right? Like imagine Peter when he steps out of that empty tomb. He looks at all the people that ridiculed him. He looks at the Pharisees. He looks at all the people who did not believe Jesus was the son of God. And with confidence, he says, I told you so. Oh, come on. Come on. Today you can look at darkness. Today you can look at sickness. Today you can look at dysfunction. Today you can look at discouragement. And you can say, I told you so. I got confidence in the Jesus that I worship. I got confidence in the God that I know. He did not stay in the grave. He is alive. And because he's alive, I got confidence in my soul. Come on. Somebody shout confidence. confidence. 
So what Resurrection Sunday does, number one, we get clarity in our world. Number two, we get confidence to come into our faith. I know what I believe, and what I believe is real. Ask Josephus, Flavius Josephus. <laughs> and number three, we'll finish with this, we get certainty in our lives. Certainty. You can have an assurance that nothing else can give you because Jesus overcame the grave. Are you hearing me? You can be sure of it because there's light in the grave. Have you ever been somewhere and you're like, I'm not sure this is the place? One time, years ago, we were driving. We were using a GPS, and I I never trust a GPS because I know more than a GPS. We were trying to find a hotel or something in Orlando, and I'm driving, and my wife is like, let's use Waze. And I'm like, I've been to Orlando since I was three years old. I know every street. I know I-4. I know where to go. We get to where Waze, Wazi, told us where to go. And uh, when we get there, there's no hotel. And there's just this little place. I'm like, no, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. Not it. I know for sure this is not the destination. It's not. I followed my instinct because Waze didn't know. And I was able to get us to the destination. Listen, because Jesus resurrected from the dead, the grave is not our final destination. When you find yourself in the darkest place where no light can come in and you feel like no light can come out, let the empty grave remind you this is not my final destination. There's a certainty that you have. There's a certainty that you have. It's not it. Because he resurrected from the dead, you now can have purpose in your life. So when you're not walking in purpose, you can be sure, I got purpose. I'm not living the way I should be. He didn't just come to give us eternal life. That's the main thing and the glorious thing and the biggest thing he did. But he also came to give purpose to your everyday life. And so if you're stumbling and walking in darkness, you can be for sure and certain. He died to give me a calling. He died to give me purpose. He died to give me life. He died to give me heaven after and give me heaven here. I can walk in my destiny now. And I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. Grave is empty. Death has been defeated. He defeated death when he resurrected. There's now light going into the grave because the light came out of the grave. This past week was a rough week. Some of us lost um, a friend of ours who we absolutely loved. And I don't even like phrasing it lost because nobody's lost when they're in Christ. A friend of ours that we loved and went to church with for years in our young adults group. And at one point, one of my closest friends and we just hung out and had the best time this past week. He, um, he passed. It was an accident that happened and got the phone call. It was absolutely terrible. And, and I'm not going to lie, it's been, it's been heavy. It's been on our mind. A bunch of us have been calling and texting and sending pictures to one another. And we're going to celebrate his life this week. Um, but, but it's crazy that it coincided as I was preparing for Easter because it kept reminding me that's not his final place if you know anybody that's passed a family member a loved one and if you are ever in a grave it's not your final place 
because Jesus resurrected from the dead. Adam brought sin and death to all mankind. Jesus brought life and resurrection to all of us. So you can be for sure and you can be for certain. When you're in a place that no sunlight can go in and no light can come out, when you are in the darkest, deepest, the night of the soul, the dark night of the soul, you can say, it's not the end, it's not the end. It's not the end. He defeated the grave, so I'm not at the end. Until I see him face to face, this is not the end. There is still more life. There's still more purpose. There is still more that God wants to do in your life. Oh, you have clarity, you have confidence, and you have certainty. Jesus, he's alive. The grave is empty. The light of the world has shined on us. Come on, we have confidence, clarity, and we have certainty. Jesus is alive. Come on and stand up to our feet all across this place. Death has been defeated. Death has been defeated. It's not the end of your life right now. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, all around this place. Every eye closed, every head bowed. A loved one, a family member, a friend that might have passed. In Jesus, you'll see them again. The Bible says that's why we, do, we mourn, but we mourn with hope. We are not hopeless in the dark because a light has shone in the dark. With every eye closed and every head bowed all across this place, if today you're saying, Alex, I don't know God. I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with God. I find myself there in the darkness of my own soul, struggling with things in my own life. Maybe you're in here today. Maybe you're watching or in additional seating, wherever you are around the world, and you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. I don't even know if God can love somebody like me. I'm here to tell you, he loves you. Listen to me, he loves you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. You're hearing this today because he loves you. He wanted you to hear this because he, he's calling your name. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong, and our sin separates us from God. God is holy, he can't be with sin. But the Bible also says that he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to come and die for me and come and die for you. But every eye closed, whatever you had bowed, Jesus came, he grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our wrong, all of our shame, all of our guilt, every wrong thing we've done that people know about and the ones that people don't know about, he knows and he carried it. The Bible says Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and he died for all of us. He took our place, he died for us and as us. Jesus went down to a grave. He was in a grave for three days, but after three days, he resurrected. Is what we're celebrating today. Jesus, he's alive. All of heaven worshiped. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Today, because he lives, you can have life again. And light can come into whatever area of your life you need it. With eyes closed and head bowed, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If you're here, you say, Alex, I need Jesus. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out, embarrass you, none of that. Every eye closed, nobody looking around. Come on, let's pray in a moment of prayer. I want dream team praying, pastors praying, leaders praying. This is the most important part of our day today. We love you and God loves you and he's waiting for you to come to him. You're saying, I don't have a relationship with God. He's waiting for you with arms open wide. Run to the Father today. He's waiting for you. If today you're in here, you're saying, Alex, that's me. I need forgiveness. I need a relationship with God. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right there where you're at. 
Raise it up. Can you raise it up? Maybe just a few seconds, and then you can put it right back down. Every eye closed. Nobody looking around. At the count of three, if that's you, raise your hand. If you're watching online in another room, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. You're saying, today I need Jesus. Raise it up as high as you can. Hands everywhere. I see you. 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 God bless 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 you. Amazing, hands all over. You can put your hands down. Hands all over the place. If you're at home, in your office, in your cubicle, in your kitchen, you make that decision right there. God sees you. Come on, all of us together. All of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with me, with all you got. The Bible says, how can we be saved? It says, by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You're saying, why Jesus? Because he resurrected. Because every other gravesite you can visit, but the gravesite of Jesus does not have a body. That's why. And he can save us because he defeated sin and death. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Come on, tell him, be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Today is absolutely amazing. Hands went up everywhere, all over the auditorium. You made that decision today. It's the best decision you can make with your life. And as a church, Calvary, we just want to come alongside of you and high-five you, help you. We're on a journey just like you. We have a free Bible for you outside. There's a tent out there. Before you take pictures with the Easter bunny and eat Easter eggs or whatever you want to, I don't know what we got out there. But before all that, grab a Bible. This Bible has a lot of notes on the side, up, down, everywhere to help you um, see and understand what you're reading. And it's a free gift from us to you. So pick it up on the way out. We got people out there that want to help you and put this in your hands. One more time. Can we give them a hand? Come on. Amazing. Anybody grateful for Jesus today? Oh, come on. Tell the person next to you, there's light in the grave. Come on. He's alive. Come on. We're going to celebrate all that God has done. Tonight, we got a worship night, and we're going to blow the roof off this place. We're going to celebrate. Come back at 6 p.m. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Next week, part two of our series. Hug somebody next to you.